up, Social Nation? It's your boy Jeff. If you don't know right now, this is Social Conversations. This is season two, episode 10. I got my gracious co hosts with me. Say what up to the nation. What up, what up? It's Bernice again. We're hey, we're Bernice. in quarantine. <laughs> hey. Hey, what's up, what's up, world? This is it's your man Mac. Sitting here <laughs> snacks and, and getting overweight. Yes. Thank God we're not on camera right now because I don't think you'd be able to recognize none of us. <laughs> over, over here getting, getting on IG looking fabulous. Exactly. Yeah, okay. It's on a good day. <laughs> All right, so um, how's everybody doing? How everybody doing with the whole corona era? At least I'm sorry with you. Oh my God! Where do I even start? Well, I I gave you guys a little a little snippet like a couple mm-hmm. minutes ago of like where I'm at, mm-hmm. but it's just it's been on a, on an unselfish kind of point of view, like not really talking about myself. It's been very heartbreaking this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like I, I I've never thought in a million years this nation the world myself would be going through something like this like the negative impact that it's left on people that some of them are very close to me who thankfully nobody has passed away but a lot Mm -hmm. of people a lot of people in my inner circle have gotten affected and have gotten sick and recovered and I knew two people that were on the ship so Mm -hmm. it's been a whirlwind but like personally for me I feel like this this shit just i'm telling you like i said earlier the universe was like fuck your plans like i'm the (laughs) captain now like fuck your happiness and your progression and your hustle like it's not gonna happen and i just feel like um it just for me even though i did get affected negatively to to keep it 100 it the only reason why I got affected is because thank God I'm my health isn't good isn't is in good standing. Like I haven't gotten touched, which I think is amazing because I feel like I I've been out a lot. So it's like okay. Um but I feel like um again my process of I basically lost my job in March and not on purpose like you know it was just mm-hmm. the you know my uh my boss was pregnant I was supposed to she was supposed to go on maternity leave this month and I was supposed to start a new job last week so it, everything was like kind of before the quarantine everything was going according to plan but she had to let me go a month earlier because she got let go because of she was pregnant she didn't want to go in. it was this whole fiasco and like they were nice enough to like pay me for like mm-hmm. the couple you know for at least a month um you know like while you know I, I was unemployed but it's still I mean we're almost going on month two and like I was supposed to start a new job last week that was on that went on hold they're like we don't know when we're coming like just just you know hold tight whatever so it's just like and on top of that the process of moving me and Remy were already planning on moving in April like that was something that we were already planning to do since December so it was that not to sound super duper negative because again there's a lot of things that I'm grateful for but it it was kind of a buzzkill for me I Mm. as you guys know I recently got engaged in February and thanks thanks and it's like even though the even though the the thirst is out there you'll get on my damn nerves (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I'm sorry what what is it a game (laughs) 
it's funny because we were we were talking about that like in our last podcast like our last last podcast we were talking about engagement like and so i i find that funny but um yeah so it's like i was in the process of like getting planning the wedding like getting having our engagement dinner and like all of that had to be put on hold me and remy were supposed to go in may to dr to put a deposit on um we wanted to do a destination wedding, which I wanted to tell you guys about, you know, like I wanted to ask you guys, like, what do you feel about it? And like, we can't do that anymore because so many of our family members lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how can we even ask them like, oh, save your money for next year, for spring, for it, it's not going to be possible anymore. So it's just like, it's, it's it's just I don't even know where to where to put my head around this. I feel like this whole thing has just swept me off my feet and knocked me upside the head. Like I feel like, and and then, and then again, I'm not trying to be negative because things are still moving. We're still we're things are still in motion. We're still moving. I have my health. I'm sure you guys have your health, and that brings me happiness. Like there's some people that I'm like, yes, like there's there's good to look forward to. But it basically just changed the very important plans that I had like the one year you know all of us have a year that we're like ah, we ain't really doing much we're just yeah. working it's not, this year was supposed to be the come up year for me and I feel like it was like nah nah you're not going nowhere you're gonna stay stagnant like I just feel like I'm like wow like it was just such a buzzkill um but anyway so yeah that's that's um my little bit go go ahead Max <laughs> I wish I had a drink right now. I wish I had click. Oh, <laughs> well, I have one for you right now. I have one for you right now. Oh gosh. Because yeah, I, I can't imagine trying trying to move under under the climate we're in at the moment. You know, dealing, yeah. with, dealing, dealing with the the U-Haul truck. Depending on how much you have to move, hell, furniture shopping is going to be a BL. <laughs> it's been yeah. hell it's been i've had to order everything and like i'm basically gonna sleep on a mattress on the floor for a while like yeah. it's been crazy yeah it's been crazy yeah yeah i feel you me me on my side um same same had some uh uh family members and friends that that were affected and actually mm-hmm. going at hind- looking at hindsight I, i'm wondering if i might have been um had uh symptomatic mild symptoms but they didn't get fully blown because now i'm starting to read up more on this like the the chest pain shortness of breath and the excessive fatigue i was like damn that was me a month ago Shit. and i was like I'm, I'm glad uh if it was that it didn't go further because when i did um had a telemedicine call and i mentioned it to them and it was like well we're we are, well, we wouldn't uh, ask you to come in for testing, just uh, self-quarantine and do what you've been doing. You're, you're, you're doing all right. I'm like, okay. And, and I think that's part of, um, for our, our tri-state area, why we mm-hmm. got hit so bad with these numbers. It, one, we're highly congested, especially, mm-hmm. you know, during the commute. And there, there wasn't enough test kits um, to fit the need. And really, it's, and not to point fingers, but it is what it is, as far as national preparedness, it it sucks. When you knew uh, China was going through this back in mid to late October, and no one said, you know what, just in case, let's prepare. 
you you know because they they went through it before you had the sars virus bird flu what was the other one mers the Mid- middle eastern respiratory yeah um, swine flu they they went through all of that and all, you're talking about all these viruses within a course span of 10 to 15 years it's like it seems like every three years a new virus pops up and it always seems to be coming out of china <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> but it always seems to be coming out of china um that's true you know but they they should have been prepared or at least reach out to those nations that they have some sort of working relationship like look at south korea you know they they're like basically right next door to it but the way their government um managed everything and provided for their citizens it it was more controlled um mm-hmm. and contained because they had the experience of um when they got hit with those earlier viruses they they were devastated and that that yeah. served as a lesson for them so they said all right to prevent this from happening again let's make sure we have the proper testing facilities in place if people do get sick let's make sure we have the proper respiratory um machines like the ventilators on stock just in case and and they did that hell we're even seeing videos of airports out in the middle east where they have the um it's like a i don't know if you've seen them but it's like a short tunnel like a wall mm. for people going to the airport and as you step in through it it gives off a mist, a disinfecting mist, as you walk through it. How come they're not doing that here? They have the Hell, they, Lysol car wash. I tell you, you don't even need a virus for them to put that in Penn Station. <laughs> All the funk I got, man. That, that's why I'm surprised to be alive. I said my prayers, man. Every it's like every week I'm either on the train coming from Jersey or I'm or I'm catching one of the lines in the city. You the guy, this is what I'm saying. You, yeah. You got some nasty ass just sneezing in the air, digging up their yep. nose, chewing their fingernails. Mm-hmm. These are adults. I mean, we really yep. have like walking petri dishes in our society. Mm-hmm. The thing about it, like people aren't even questioning this, but now all of a sudden hygiene is like the topic of the day. I was like, what, your grandma didn't teach you how to wash your ass back in the day? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just just saying. And and even when when we get, like, we get the tourists, the international tourism coming into the area, it's it's weird how, like, all of a sudden, um, certain social mannerisms just get thrown in the trash can. Because I've had family that that's from Germany. I've had family that lived in Japan and other countries. They're society-wise, they're they're very conscientious of each other, and there's a certain unspoken courtesy. Like in the Asian countries where you see people wearing face masks, one, the air pollution issue could be a thing. But on the other hand, um, I was informed by someone personally. Um, she's from China, and she she informed me over there, it's more of a social courtesy. So say if you, you may have a cold yourself or an allergy, or if it's bad air quality, you would just put your mask on. So mm-hmm. courteous to those around you in case you have to call for sneeze. Here, but people get here, it's like, yeah, hey, I'm in America. I do what the hell I want to do. You, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, and, and it shouldn't be that way. 
I mean, if, if you're going to be courteous in your own backyard, do the same when you go visiting somebody else. You, you know, right. that's like someone comes to your new apartment and they don't wipe their feet at the front door or take their shoes off. You're going to be like, yo, check, check that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, mm-hmm. but, we have a lot to learn. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and, and, yeah. yeah. And it's things like this. Now I look back at um, the international friends that I made during college, where their view of American society was kind of like stereotypical. They viewed Americans as arrogant and, and foolish or, and even sometimes lazy. And it took me a few years to, to see through that lens. And I get it now. Because for, for some, um, it's really, I think some are just comfortable in the, in the normal they create it for themselves and and they just it's just like why should i change i'm comfortable with this and, and sadly enough and in our black and latino communities more than enough of us are comfortable with ignorance as well right like right like looking at them um what was it? i think it was somewhere either chicago or atlanta um somebody threw a house party and they're like over 500 people showed up <laughs> and you're talking and you're talking about the millennial generation uh and i'm like yo it's like are we looking at low-key genocide mm-hmm. this, this virus it's not the most it may not be the most aggressive virus on the planet for a healthy person the key word is healthy but in the black and latino communities we have particular health disparities that go on yep. um yep. you know we we live in food deserts like for for us to get to say something like a Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, we're looking like we're commuting at least 15, 20 minutes beyond our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. get, getting to a farmer market, you're talking about that same time frame, if not 30 minute commute beyond your neighborhood to get to fresh produce from a farmer's market. But they know, yep. but they know how to put um, a McDonald's up on every corner. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you if you notice in, in our urban areas, it's like the three the three structures that usually seem to be clustered together. You have fast food home chains, liquor stores, and churches. If you think about it, those, those three those three structures are usually anywhere within like a two to four block radius from each other, easily. Yep. <laughs> So That's so it's like go you you know I'm getting I'm getting on my soapbox. Let me stop. Let me stop. I've been I've been reading <laughs> been reading too many cultural books in, in this day. No, <laughs> these are facts though. These are facts. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start turning into one of the boondocks characters. <laughs> but you know, other than that, my downtime, some reading, you know, taking time for self to stuff up. I never made time to do because of work and commuting and, and getting back into to some self-guided education, like some web development. Um, I know some of it from college. I fell off. So just got to got to get that kickstart and educate myself. There. But right. other than that, I'm blessed. My family and friends are good. You know, you guys are okay. still still doing your deal. Surviving here. Surviving yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, but, um, with me, um, still working. That's that's uh, actually a good thing, <laughs> you know. 
But uh, I'm just going to work every day. Uh, also, also, while I'm off, I'm just uh, staying creative, trying to come up with some new ideas, some fresh ideas, and everything. I got a lot of a lot of ideas and projects that I, I really uh, want to do with the brand and everything. So I'm just working on that. Um, this whole Corona thing, um, had to sit home a little bit. Um, my mother had caught it first, um, but she's doing she's doing well. And, um, oh my god are you serious yeah yeah she caught it but, <laughs> but she just had like certain symptoms but she had like um a, like ammonia that, mm. that kind of like, oh, wow. played into it yeah so she she's she's doing well she's getting her strength back and my father caught it about two weeks ago um wow yeah yeah so my great father, great they're they're doing well my mother father is doing well they, uh, getting their strength back um but when oh, it, it's like you can see the difference because when, they, when, you, when you first get the virus, it's like it takes a lot out of you. So yeah. I couldn't like like you, like my mother and father they look very very sick. Then once they start like getting their health back and everything, you start seeing them evolve into back to their normal selves. You know, yeah. feature wise, like you can actually tell like you know somebody's really really sick, and that's mm-hmm. how they look. It's like you know they look like pale in the face and everything, like you know just like the flu and all that. So. And they actually got tested, like they they tested for the, you know, they te- they had to both tested positive in the hospital for it. No, they didn't go to the hospital. They called their doctors. Yeah. So the doctors told oh. them that they had symptoms. So um, they was like, uh, just pay attention to your breathing. Um, my mother has asthma, so we had to like uh, pay uh, attention close to her breathing. Um, okay. Know, yeah, just basically, you know, drink. Drink your your green tea or whatever like that. Your normal routine, what you do every day, um, you know, just basically the basic shit. Wash your hands and you know, hand sanitizer and all that stuff. When you go out, use a mask, you know. Yeah. But also the the virus also make you weak. So what my parents were doing, they were actually you know just just taking a walk around the block. You know, if you don't have to go very far and like that, but you just take a walk around the block a little bit. Just you know. Get some fresh air, you know, and yeah. you know, some little bit of exercise, you know, because you just can't just lay in the bed all day because it makes it worse. So mm-hmm. yeah, so they're doing good. Um, oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so oh, that's like the wow, that's great. Yeah, that's, wow, yeah, that's what's yeah, that's like that, that preventive yeah. care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's like the the curse of it, not the gift of of it. The whole Corona era. It's like I get a seat every day going to work. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, get, I, I get the seat going and come to work. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, you know but um, yeah, don't get spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Can't get too happy with that. Next thing you know, it, it'll be crowded as hell. You can't get a seat no more. But one thing I had noticed that on the train, you know, it's people that are wearing gloves, right? You know, you, you can't you can't wear your gloves you, if you're holding on to like the poles or whatever, and then you want to decide to go buy some McDonald's or you want to eat your French fries on the train with the gloves on. Oh, that is not smart. Preach, that is preach. not smart. <laughs> Yo, that is not smart. That is nasty. The, the other day, I was I just walked to the other side of town where I'm at, at in Jersey, and mm-hmm. I see I see these you they walking up the street day one. They got face mask on, but the damn mask is below their nose. Nose, exactly. And one and one of them is is eating chicken nuggets with the damn latex <laughs> gloves on. 
Jesus Christ. Yo, I've been telling people, I was like, nobody believes natural selection exists until it knocks on the <laughs> doorstep. I oh, mean, exactly. like, Jesus. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm like, shit. If com- if common sense was the lottery, man, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, and, and like some of them are like they they not the ones that don't wear the, the like the mask and shit. They wear some like like some like some helmet plastic looking shit over their head. <laughs> like they about to go out and like on a football yeah. field or something. Or like like what are you yeah. doing? Like some people yeah. are taking it too far. Yeah, That's what I'm trying to say wearing That's oven mitts and winter gloves and all that shit. Like. But Joe, have, have you seen the picture floating around on the internet? This uh, elderly couple, I think they were shopping in Walmart. And at first, it looks like they have a face mask on. But I guess the person got closer and took another photo. They actually, uh, <laughs> they actually <laughs> used the, the wing, the flared wing maxi pads. Oh my gosh. I've seen that before. I started, I thought it was a joke, but people are dead ass. Yeah, they, they overdoing yeah, people it. are dead ass. They really overdoing mm-hmm. it right now. I might as well put a, a, a bra pad on your face, too. <laughs> you know, like, shit starts oh, getting I, fucking I, real. Oh, I have seen a mask. video. I seen a video of what some woman she like she cut out like the cup of her yes bra yes and, and <laughs> put the shrinks around and use that some mask. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I can't taking it too far, man. They yeah, up like that's far. that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't think this is how it works. <laughs> up like, oh. if, if this is the creator's way of giving us a pop quiz to see who he wants to live or not. Never mind. Never mind for the forty days and nights of of the of the great flood. He was like, you know what? Let me let me give them another another extinction level quiz real quick. We're gonna figure out who's gonna stay. In exactly. Oh God. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's it's ridiculous, man. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's getting out of hand. Speaking of getting out of hand, um, Trump. So, uh... oh jeez. <laughs> uh, the... so, so Trump. Uh, um... He he wants to uh, reopen some states, um, and and also he made a couple of comments a couple of days ago about drinking, you know, this yeah. effective stuff, and you know, what do you guys think about um, certain? Um, well, Trump actually saying reopening um, the states and everything, or some local governors too. What do you guys think about that? Are we ready to reopen the states? Do you want to go first, Mac? Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I feel like this is my thing. I, first of all, I, I do not support Trump, but, but for the, for the case of positivity, okay, because I'm not trying to be as positive as possible, hmm. I can understand almost his, his idea of like, I don't want any more people to go into panic to go into like to be more negatively affected than they already are like almost like we need to get the economy going i need some people need to get back to work some people have were laid off without pay some people you know like all these things you know right. um 
so it's like in a sense I kind of do understand because let's be honest that whole bullshit uh 1200 stimulus check what is that really gonna do that's like just about enough to cover a mortgage if you have a family that's not enough to cover your your whole entire bills the food on your table your children like so it's like you know it's not I feel like in a sense he's trying to kind of just yeah like you know, almost like jump the gun, sort of say, like, even if it's risky, because it's like, yo, Americans are in panic, America, a lot of Americans are suffering some more than others, especially in certain states, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, So it's like, I, I get it in a weird way. And I'm like, okay, I can understand his motive. But at the same time, do I feel like there's, it's just gonna backfire? Yes. um, Because I feel like it, this virus reminds me of you know, when you, whenever you get like a bacterial infection or the flu or whatever it is, you go to the doctor and they're like, okay, here's some antibiotics for 10 days. Make sure that you take the whole entire 10 pills for 10 days. Do not skip a date. Take all the pills. Even if you start feeling better on the seventh date, finish taking your 10 pills. I feel like this is like a legit, like a perfect example describing on like what's going to happen with this virus where like people are going to start recovering things are going to start to look better. Oh, people feel better. Things look better. The economy, but like you still haven't finished mm-hmm. your quarantine time. Mm-hmm. You still haven't finished the stretch that you needed, you know, in order to like really, really co- like try your best to like at least kill this thing. Like not entirely, but you know, most of it. And I feel like America is, it's almost going to be like you, you're playing with fire at that point. Like, you know, maybe, the thing might, I, I don't know, but I just feel like it's, I'm very conflicted with what's going on because I, first of all, Donald was not ready to be a president at all. Okay. So imagine <laughs> this, this shit must be eating at him. He must be like, why the fuck did I take this? <laughs> why the fuck did I do this? Like, this is just beyond me at this point. And I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can understand what I'm trying to say is that I can understand the idea behind what he's trying to do, but do I think it's going to be successful? No, I don't. So yeah, and it's, that's all I have to yeah, say about that. Yeah, and it's talked about it might be coming back in the fall. So it's like... Yeah! Like, so the second the strain. Yeah, so we're just going to open up the, the stakes until, you know, October, yeah. and then, you know, take another... Uh, you know, shut it down again, and like it doesn't make any sense financially. Yeah, when it comes to that, true. True, I, I agree. First, I'm impressed that a block of cheese can actually form a a, a sentence. <laughs> or oh, every, time, every time I look at that man, it looks like he just took a bath in a bag of cheese noodles. I don't know what, it but I I agree. It's not looking at this emotionally, but just from some of the, the rational facts that we currently have on, on hand, at least what, let's say, the U.S. media has exposed to us. Because surely what we're getting here in the States appears to be way different than what we're getting, say, from like the BBC or even Canadian news outlets. <clears throat> but um, it's... It's too soon. They're thinking more financial um, with the economy and a cool. If they're thinking that, it's not going to benefit us, the 
you you know, it's not going to benefit us. It's going to benefit corporations more. Hell, even look at this um, the these payouts. Even the language of it when they first started talking about it, it was first called um, you had they were calling it corporate bailouts. Right, then right. For, for us, for the taxpayers, um, no, they were calling it corporate stimulus plan, and then for the taxpayers, they were calling it a bailout. And enough people complained, like, why are corporations getting preferential treatment? And that's all of a sudden you get the $1,200 pop up. Um, and even the language of that, I'm like, okay, so you want to bail out corporations, but stimulate your, your spending um, populace. So, so that right there is telling me subconsciously, like, you, you give a rat's ass about me as long as you can give me just turn back around and give it back because I'm pretty sure with Atlanta opening opening up uh, venues and all what was it they started Thursday and Friday yeah I'm pretty sure you're gonna have more than enough people like this weekend it's all about the turn up for them right now they were and they just went back around and deposited that 1200 or whatever fraction of a check they got right back out there you yeah. you know so uh, it shouldn't be an airlines getting like uh, a few close to a billion for airlines as far as i'm concerned they they're like drug mules at this point because if they were these airlines were traveling from destinations that were known to be viral hotspots in asia and they didn't take the proper precautions to screen any passengers when they boarded that plane and when they got off in us destinations I personally feel they should have some liability in that because they basically allowed that virus to transport continental um, boundaries. So now they're crying about, oh, nobody's traveling. Please bail us out. I'm like, yeah, bail you out. And then going to turn around us, the taxpayers, we're going to be getting screwed on the back end by, high, by paying more taxes. And then they're going to turn around and charge even more on their airline rates. Like a bag of lug, you know, the extra bag of luggage is going to go up. Then they're going to complain about fuel costs. Oh, we have to raise this, uh, the prices because of jet fuel. Nobody's flying. So you're most likely going to have reserves of, of fuel, even with the oil. Prices, I think, what, American oil for the first time in ages dropped below a dollar a gallon? Because con the consumption isn't there for it. But best believe when things look like they're about to get normal, they're going to find an excuse that to bring it back up again. Um, and, and with, you, you know, that's why I'm like, it's, it, it's, it's too soon. I, I would rather them error on the side of caution for public safety. Um, Cause you have too many families ha having, you know, to go to hospitals and things like that. Um, and I felt there was a video on Facebook the other week that, my, if you see it, your heart kind of drops because this mother, she had to bury not only her only son, but also her husband. Jesus. Same time. It was a double funeral. You know, I'm like, this mother is over here trying to mourn her husband and her only child, but she has to wear like a hazmat suit to, to do it. You you know. That's crazy. It, it's, it's, it's things like that that that's just, you know, it, it should be done in phases. 
um, which I don't think they're they're doing. Um, government wise, I guess it may. I'm wondering if it could be a certain degree of arrogance um, as to why. Uh, I guess the man in office right now. It's almost like a strain for me to call him president, but <laughs> I why he's not reaching out to these other countries that have been successful in keeping their their infection rate and uh, fatality rates low, such as South Korea, who we seemingly have a good relationship with, reach out to their professionals, their experts in the fields, because they have at least 10, 15 years experience having to deal with this. Reach out to them and find what some of the best practices are. Uh, to set up some mitigating measures, you, you you know, and and hell, like some of the crap they're pulling, like look at Cuba. Um, Cuba, I believe I've read in BBC News, they had um, a shipment of medical supplies, ventilators, and um, N95 masks that that were en route to Cuba, and they got stopped because the airline that was transporting them had American investors and the embargo against Cuba was active. So I was like, you're talking about in a time of a global pandemic and you want to throw shade on Cuba like that? Mm. You know, and the thing thing that's (laughs) true during the Obama administration, if you recall when Obama uh, re-engaged peaceful relations with Cuba, diplomatic relations with Cuba, went over there, travel, come to find out Cuba had a cure for freaking lung cancer mm. for, for years. And, and the U.S. knew nothing about it. Or they did know, but didn't let the public know because it's like, hell, why should we allow our citizens the opportunity to save and extend their lifespan? We're going to keep throwing this shade that's existed mainly out of racism because they won't let us invade them and submit to our imperialist ways. <laughs> you know? no, it, it, it's wild. It's wild. And I yeah, think you know, they... um, some, somebody else uh, had, I think somebody else donated some, some goods to a Caribbean island and it got blocked and, um, or held up in customs for some asinine reason. You, you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous. It really is. Mm. It's like e- ego is trumping out humanity right now um it's and it's been sad to see that um to be going on in this time and they look back at the spanish flu that hit back in back in what was it the yeah early 1900s yeah no literally 1918 they're talking about (laughs) 100 years ago i'm thinking and my math may be wrong but I'm thinking numerically, you figure that the population back then wasn't as congested as it is now. Even living conditions mm-hmm. were more spread out. You didn't have as many metropolitan areas as you do now. And the rate of travel was much slower. That's you true. didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of continental flights and all of that. So mm-hmm. that death rate to them was high, consi- considering how sparse the population was. So you figure that death rate now, comparatively, we we way exceeded that at this point. I, I would say if 
you know, like say how they you look at inflation, what a dollar may have been worth back in 1918 compared to now. So I think mm-hmm. that that fatality rate, um, we may have way exceeded that um, in comparison. Um, and it, it could have been prevented, if not prevented, minimized. Yeah. But yeah, re- I, reopening yeah. is, is too is too soon. Um, the public yeah. were were not properly prepared. Um, the rates that we're seeing from the health websites, such as John Hopkins and the CDC, they are reporting um, as far as the rate of infected, the positive test. The key word to that is tested positive. Not everybody's being tested. Because ju- just like um, what you mentioned with your parents, they had uh, the obvious sy- symptoms, but they didn't get a document documented testing. Right. So they lying about some of the tests. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, like, we're bringing this to um, another uh, question. Um, they're saying that the homeless is being tested. Do you guys believe the homeless is being tested? Because I don't. No. No. That That's... That's a that's weird nice. variable. Um, the only way, guys, mm-hmm. I I hate doing this, but I have to I have to take a break. I need um, Remy's upstairs. He brought me some stuff like for the oh, move out. Um, can I call back? Is there a way to call back? Uh, just let me know you're ready. I send you another invite. Okay. All, All right. right. Tell okay. Remy what's up. Folks. Coming. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. All right. I'll be right yeah. up there. Yeah. All right. Bye. Yeah, but um. Like I was saying, it's like with testing the homeless, like you you have to get everybody to to feel cooperative for one, because some might for all that they've gone through dealing with shelters and all, they may not even trust uh, the public health system at this point. So that that's something to to be uh, wary about. And also it, it was in, I think, I don't know if it was in the U.S., it might have, I think there was a batch of tests in the U.S. they found out were actually contaminated. So if those tests were contaminated, then you may have tested people that you that weren't infected, but now they are because the test was contaminated. Right. It, it's 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 weird and damn, and then you got the whole the whole fuckery going on between China and Africa right now. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. You know, China kicking out at, the Africans and, yeah. <laughs> and then Africa yeah, kicking out that, the Chinese and, people. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, what took these leaders so long to wake up to this? Exactly. You know, like Dr. Ben said, back in the days, he was like, for for people in the African diaspora, the, the world is not your friend. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, it, it is sad that 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 that's the hard cold truth. Um, you know, I think Nigeria. They China sent some group, a group of doctors to Nigeria who got turned back. Mm-hmm. It's basically how how that old saying goes: you you try to feed somebody uh, shit on the spoon with sugar, but it doesn't change the fact it's still shit on the spoon. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're we're at a weird point in history, man. For real. Yeah, a, a real like weird point in history, but yeah, I mean, so, a lot of people open their eyes to see what's really going on, mm-hmm. and I think that, and yeah. I think that's the uh, the good thing that's coming out of this whole uh, pandemic um, thing. 
you know, me personally, um, I don't. I think I think the the virus itself is is actually man made. I don't. Mm. I don't think. I don't think it's something that is something that just happened naturally. So I think yeah. there's an actual uh, a plan that actually, hey, let's make this virus, and you know, let's. What me is like control population with me. Yeah. And I think once they get to a certain number of total deaths, and then they're gonna start saying, "Here's this vaccine, take this vaccine," and then when everybody gets the vaccine, I think everybody's gonna start going back to normal. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of the of some weird vaccine that they're gonna rush to put out. Yeah, especially Bill Gates like promoting it. Like, why well, should I trust you about this vaccine? Like, you're not a yeah, doctor. Especially, yeah, especially after. <laughs> history of his, his organization in India. Yeah. With that, like, what was it? Nearly, what was it? Over, close to 200,000 children uh, given excessive amounts of a polio vaccine. Now they have neurological damage. Yes. So why should we trust nah. him about uh, a corona vaccine? And uh, and I think he's thinking that we should take this vaccine. Like, first of all, nah. how do you know about this vaccine? And why should we trust you about it? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but yet you don't see him rolling up his sleeve to take it though. Exactly, because it's something that's, new. That's that's the thing, nah, man. Nah, he, he can... they, like why they did us with that syphilis. Oh, <laughs> they did a day with know? that syphilis. Yeah, for real, for real. So it's always something, and then you had the the French the French newscast with the two uh, doctors talking about they want they want to begin testing their vaccine specifically on Africans and they said this on live television seriously exactly and they said only Africans like really yeah like we was like you know respond differently about that like why only Africans why because you have to you know the DNA to actually determine what's (laughs) what's right what's wrong when it comes to the vaccine and looking at the the history of colonialism in in Africa mm-hmm. and dealing with this pandemic, I, I don't blame some of the residents when they see all of a sudden they see a testing center just pop up out of nowhere with no with no type of public notice or anything. Like they just supposed to be mindlessly obedient and go have somebody jab something up their nose that they don't know if it's sterile or not. They've been burning them down. And I don't blame them. Because if you look at that global infection map, African countries have the least rate of infection mm-hmm. of just about any of any other country. I think even, I don't even know what Russia is reporting, but Russia is even very low on the list. No, Russia is very low. Because we, yeah, get, yeah. Uh, we get updates every day in our email. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the international um updates about the cases, the deaths and recoveries. Yeah. Um nationally and just US wise. So Russia is very down. Yeah. Like you yeah, said. And, yeah, and the one thing with this, um if we are to take a different outlook on what this has caused, it like I say with Trump getting getting the presidency, the one thing I, I can say he has done that mm-hmm. In an odd way, I kind of appreciate he he's taking the band aid off of a lot of the uh, 
stigmatism and racism that goes mm-hmm. on in this country. That certain people in particular positions, they practice it, but then they act like it doesn't exist. But now this guy is on, on the media and it's just out in the open. He, and he may not be fully aware he's exposing it for what it is, but anybody that watches and listens with common sense, they're like, yeah, this guy's a bigot. <laughs> and, the same, and the same thing with this virus now. You, you, can, you can't rationalize the health disparities in um, melanated communities like they have been doing. And it all goes back to inst- institutionalized racism, like the redlining with real estate purchases you know how if you were black or latino oh no you can you can purchase from this area but they give you the highest damn interest rates and stuff like that you you know and and they'll try to say it's not related but when you look back you factor everything it is yeah and it's wild that that has come to that like, hell, you even got in South Africa, you had a uh, Brazilian drug lord that's been on an international wanted list for 21 years. They finally caught him in South Africa because he was tra- trying to uh, travel between, I think, South Africa and Zimbabwe. And they finally caught this dude after 21 years. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, certain things are getting exposed. It, it might be one of those those phases in existence where where particular truths come come to light, you know. But that's that. You know, it is. We'll we'll get through it. You know, just gotta hope for the best, keep our loved ones safe. You know. What I mean? Exactly. So, Matt, yeah. what, what do you think the this since we live in New Jersey again in last season, so you know how. The homeless issue that we have. Um, what do you think that the local government should do about the homelessness, and not just NYC but also in New Jersey, since you live in New Jersey? Yeah, I, um, I would say one of the the biggest things might be establishing trust. Um, mm. that's because for for the homeless and everybody's situation is different. You, you have some people that can really have the best heart. They can be the nicest person, but, the, but being out in the streets after losing their job or being divorced and everything being stripped from them, they, they've grown hard and cold. Um, so being able to develop trust and having some type of facility so they can go to and at least feel, feel safe in. Because um, I know one, one thing I've been told from friends of mine that are counselors most people avoid um, staying overnight at the homeless shelters is because they don't feel safe. Right. You know, between having their things stolen, being assaulted, or you have the, the young women being, being uh, raped and things like that, it's a trust and safe issue, safety issue. Um, you, you know, especially in, in urban environments, it's a weird thing to to have to deal with and I can imagine what the homeless situation is out in California because I've heard I've heard it's worse in LA than it is in Jersey and New York yeah so I'm told you know like literally you have like tent cities under highway overpasses you know? mm-hmm. 
So it, it's it's a it's a hard place for for those with le- lesser means to to be in. Um, they may want to do do well or or do better, but yeah, it's sad to say they the homeless of our society have been treated as if they've been invisible for years. So, 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 like, if if you if you was to take approach to this whole issue, what would be the first step? Would you deal with the the homeless people who are addicts first, or would you deal with the people who just have, you know, just fell on bad luck, divorced, you know, like what you just explained? How would you first attack this issue? Well, in in that situation, um, you would probably have to treat them. I wouldn't say. Yeah, you would probably have to treat them uniquely per either that circumstance. Say if it's someone that has a known history of um, drug use, illicit mm-hmm. drug use. Now, you may have to treat them a little differently because they may pose a higher health risk, not only to themselves, but to others. And mm-hmm. for those that they may be homeless due to uh, financial downfall, uh you, you know, they, they get, they may have to be handled slightly differently as well. Cause you don't, you don't want to treat everyone as if they're a drug user. Cause now it's like stereotyping and that's going to damn, that's going to damage that little fine line of trust that that's trying to be developed. But then you don't want to treat the whole population as if no one never uses drugs. Because now mm-hmm. you could actually allow a, a negative element to slip through the cracks of a positive situation. And that one person can just mess it up for everybody else that, that truly is in need and they're looking to do better in their life. You know, spe- especially look at um, our veterans. You know, you have a lot of homeless veterans out there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I say the one thing in, in our tri-state area, that bothers me, um, and it's hard to to know how to um, approach. Is the ones that are out there hustling. You know, you see them with the cardboard sign. Oh, I was a vet. Blah blah blah. You know, in the same spot all the time. And and when you pay attention to them, it's like, okay, you claim you're homeless, but looks like you just had had a lineup. You know. Or you talking about mm-hmm. your homeless, but you got this this thoroughbred canine laying next to you that obviously has been groomed at a at a pet center or something. Like the dog obviously isn't missing any meals, but you're out here panhandling. So you got you got a lot of hustlers that prey on people's emotions just to get over. And and I feel this foul for doing that. Mm-hmm. When when you have those out there that are sincerely in, in dire need. <clears throat> but yeah, that that one between the financial um, financial downfall or those that may be on drugs is it's a touchy one. But I, I think they both need to be handled um, uh, per that circumstance. Because um, I know from I can tell you from my past, I, I worked um, two years as a medical clerk at a methadone clinic. And that that's that environment can be a trip. So you can imagine if you have someone in the same environment that 
that may be coming in and they can be high on something. And you have them in the same scenario as a young female that she was just kicked out of her house. She's homeless. She's trying to avoid the negativity. And next thing you know, they get into a fight. Now they both wind up going to jail just because the one person that was excessively high couldn't contain themselves. Right. You know, so it's precautions that would need to be made. Yeah, Yeah, but with me, I will actually focus on, you know, like the veterans, like you said, because those are basically the people on the front lines that should be taken care of. Yeah. Um, on the first hand around, then in the second one, it would be people, you know, who you know who got divorced or have nowhere to stay, or you know, it could be something um, dramatic like their parents died, or you know, mm-hmm. they have nowhere else to stay. They can't stay with other family members. I will focus on those people first. Then dealing with the actually uh, the drug addicts because I think the drug addicts, um, people who are addicted to drugs, would take a little bit much longer to to um, you know to nurse them to to good health and to get them back on their feet. So I just yeah. think I, I would deal with the people first and actually you know then deal with the drug addicts. Um, and, and also I think you know. As for the local governments or whatever, I think they should invest um, more time into the homeless issue and try to understand the homeless issue and, you know, just try to figure out ways on how to, you know, you know, nurse them to good health, also find them um, good, good housing and everything. I don't think they actually um, investing that much into the homelessness in NYC. And, you know, even even though you try to make a, uh, even though you try to like reach out your hand to the, the people who, who are addicts or whatever, what do you, what do you think we should do if we do everything we can or try to, you know, change these people, you know, hearts and minds and try to get them on a good track of actually doing for themselves and working and, you know, just take care of themselves, get an apartment or a house or whatever. If these people are, because there's some people out there that, some homeless people that, like, they just don't want to do anything. <laughs> you know, all they, just, <laughs> all they, all they want to do is just get high. So so what, what Mac, in your opinion, what should we do with those people? So what is it? Yeah, with them, Lock them with up them. somewhere? Like, what do you do with them? Yeah, with, with them, like that, going back to um, the earlier um, portion of the conversation, there needs to be an assessment made. Because uh, from my time at the clinic, you have, uh, I believe it's like a category. There's an acronym to it. It may have changed over the years. But you have some people that may be categorized as mentally um, unstable, chemically addicted. Um, so people like that and, and the mental instability and the chemical addiction can kind of feed or contribute to one another. So providing someone with the proper therapy, uh, therapy to give them clarity of thought so they can actually function um, at least sem- semi-normally to get better, 
um, that that's one step that would need to be made. Um, you know, because if it's someone that they just constantly, you know, the type and we probably even had some friends in life that they say one thing, they need help, you help them out and turn around. They do the same shit that put them in that situation that you was helping them out with, but they just habitually do it because they know they either got that friend that's going to always be willing to, to have compassion enough to help them. Um, those are the ones that are like, yo, it, it may sound cold, but after a while, it'd be like, yo, you got to fend for yourself. We got to cut you loose. You you know, because right. you, you might have, you might have a, a man out there, like, you know, we was mentioning, like, came across a bad financial hardship. He was divorced. The wife took everything. He lost his job, might, might have became depressed, started drinking too much. Now he can't work because of the alcoholism. He's fired. Now he's roaming the streets. But this could be be a guy, for all intents and purposes, he's a good person. And he means well. And he can even have a master's degree. But if you're homeless for X amount of time, how, how even with veterans, how are you going to get any of your your social benefits, like your social security checks, if you don't have a stable address for them to go to, you you know, um, yeah, I get it. So so it's weird, and like with real estate being what it is, I don't know why sizable states they don't have a particular lot of land allocated to be like you know what even building a small container home, like a small studio apartment for one person and say, you know what, you're, you're a wartime vet, we'll provide you with shelter to help you get back on your feet. You'll have a stable address. We'll give you, eight, you know, 18 months um, of a lease so that you can get back out on, on your feet, get your regular full-time job and create a, a rotational cycle. So that once, say, person A get gets stable enough that now they can go out, they got that regular nine to five, they were able to save up enough money to get their own own living situation, they can rotate out and allow the next veteran in need or person in need to come in behind them. You you know, at least yeah. it's it's providing them a safe and healthy environment to um, produce on the opportunity given to them. And the same would be for, for that person that they're trying to come up off the drugs. You, you know, they, they, now for them, there might be certain other medical related concerns in case they, they have a relapse or, or something like that. You never know. Right. Um, and I know it sounds, it sounds simple. Maybe I'm just romanticizing the, the idea like it's a pipe dream, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be as complicated either. Um, a lot of times, some of the bureaucracy that we deal with in our government makes it complicated. You know, you might have somebody, yeah, sure. they can have like, hell, 20 acres of land and just say, you know what, I got the land, I got the money, let me get some mobile homes and situate them and try to work with the municipality to set up a system for those in need, you know, because you, it, 
like you might even have a single father with two daughters. You, you know, that whatever happened, wife died, hard times, he, they're, they're dealing with a homeless situation. There's space and a shelter available for them. But because he's a single male and, and, his daughter, and he has two daughters, you want to split that family up? Send these two young girls to, to a female shelter where they don't have that love and protection of their father, you know, that that's, right. you know, it, it's, it's a lot of variables and it, it's sad to look it, at. It is a lot of variables. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, I think that, you know, just, you know, just me, you know, just taking the train every day because you, mm. because you see a lot of homeless people, you know, because there's a church by, I think the sixth train. Mm. So by the 51st street station, on um, I think it's Madison. Um, there's a church right there, and like usually the time I leave um, the job, you see like a long line through mm. homeless people who try to get a free meal and everything. Yeah. And then what they what they normally go, they usually go to to the nearest train station, and that's when they eat their food. Mm. So when they eat their food, you know they don't throw it. In the garbage, yeah. you know, they either, they either they either like they throw. I saw a couple, you know, they they pick whatever they want out of the package they got from the church, mm-hmm. and it's something that they didn't like, they throw it on the tracks and they feed it to the rats, mm. or they just they just um, pick at it and they throw it on the platform, you know. So it it just it just certain activities like like that and also on the train they actually sleep on the train yeah someone will be smoking on the train yeah and you know you know this, this making it um a bad you know um train ride for you know everyday workers from mm-hmm. a nine to five so it, it's like you know it's it, it's you know it's just like the different church when it when it comes to hopelessness yes you want to do helpless people mm-hmm. that that actually need the help but at the end of the day, um, on the other hand, it's like they just, they just don't really give a damn. Yeah. I, I think if I was asked out like that, you know, and um, didn't have no place to go, and I would do, I'll be doing everything in my power to get me back where I used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't think a lot of them care about getting back where they used to be, whether they using drugs or not. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just like even when it comes to an overall standpoint, uh, because you know Giuliani, Giuliani in the '90s, what he did with the homeless people, he he basically locked them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, you know, yeah. and you know the 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 homeless problem we have now, it's like that doesn't sound too bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not to be like that, but mm-hmm. it's just like you know. There's programs out there that can help you and get you back on your feet. But on the other hand, what are you doing individual-wise to help you get out of this funk that you're in? Yeah. Yeah, that's... You know, I'm pretty sure they have the services. Uh, you know, people out there saying, hey, we could get you some help. You know, we could, you know, provide this for you. Because even, you know, I've been looking for apartments for months. I've been, like, applying for, like, the, the lottery and and I know I just get an apartment and the first people they actually attend to is the homeless people. Mm-hmm. And the second people they attend to are the people who are coming out of jail just to have yeah. 
you know, um, shell support him. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big third or fourth person on this list to try to get an apartment, yeah. and I'm nine to five working. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like yeah. you you didn't even you know, t- it, touch on on the the female population because they they usually right. give them preference re- regardless of, of that situation. Exactly. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's wild. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because I for, um, for many they they probably just got so deep into a dark spot of depression that you know, like hell, let me just take these drugs or um, like oh man, you remember a few months ago? I think it was uh, on that train coming from Brooklyn, and we mm-hmm. smelt something weird, and this guy just walking on the train smoking that synthetic K two crap. And, yeah, and, he, and he wasn't even he was literally intentionally blowing the smoke out at people right on some spiteful shit it, it's people like that yeah. and he he just like he hates society because he hates himself you know right that type of vibe. he hates the, the being that he's in yeah yeah like oh i'm fucked up so i'm gonna but, fuck everybody else up uh nah man keep keep that yeah you know? yeah, yeah. So Matt, were you from this whole Corona thing going on? Like, what? Who do you think benefits the most um, from the coronavirus? Oh, uh, meaning like entertainment-wise, who do you think benefits the most? Um, I, I would say, <laughs> I would say number one, uh, media right now has yes. been benefiting mm-hmm. big time. I think we're we're now counting them because. We're, we're consuming it so much from being indoors and things like that. But I have never, in all the years Instagram has been around, I have never seen the activity on Instagram like we have seen these past couple of weeks. Like, I, yes. I got to the point, I don't even like checking it anymore because you keep getting, you're trying to look at, at something from a friend or whatever, and you keep getting these prompts, so-and-so going live, this and that going live, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, it wasn't like this uh, a few weeks ago before any of this started. But it shows everybody mm-hmm. is more stationary. So, you know, to get to avoid getting bored or being into a dark place, it's like, oh, let me still reach out to people. So that's one one benefit of it. But I, I would say media, internet providers, they're, they're coming up around now. Um, the, the whole term of essential workers or essential businesses that that's that that has to be a lot of lines of gray in there because in some states like florida you got car dealerships hustling that are still open like this is a Mm. we're in quarantine a car going to shop for a car is not big on my list (laughs) (laughs) you you know i want to make sure i'm healthy i don't want to make sure i can get this car at like two percent interest because being in debt debt is so vital to my existence right now but you know Mm -hmm. and obviously you you know some there's some agreement going on behind the doors for them to give be able to say oh i got a letter from local government saying uh me going to work at this car dealership is essential blah 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 that's some bs Mm -hmm. um looking back at the state of georgia relaxing things with barbershops, tattoo shops, and all the salons opening up. No, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, 
I, I, I'm not feeling that either. For one, if with all this time people had on their hands and as much as they love to shop on Amazon, they should have just turned around, ordered some clippers, went on YouTube, YouTube the tutorial to how to do a doobie wrap or how to do a Caesar fade or whatever the case may be and learned how to do it themselves at home. So all these women lining up to, to go and go get their nails and uh, uh, Manny and Petty done. You mean to tell me they've been walking around with these Godzilla toenails for the past six weeks? <laughs> no, nah, bro. But now all of a sudden, oh, you got the, the beast. Yeah. You got the beast feet from X Men. <laughs> waking up in the morning looking like Monster Island. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, nah. Oh man, they could bring us a back real quick. Nah, that's what I'm saying. I was, and, and then, like everything going on, I it doesn't make sense to me. And and I get, I'm not in that situation. I would rather do for myself. But mm-mm. Right. It, it's it's not cool. So it, it's just kind of showing that we're we're in a society that puts more value on material possessions and vanity than than they do over personal well-being mm. you know because that that right yeah. there i'm like yeah I, I, is a tattoo worth putting my life at risk not so much because exactly. um, yeah like you know yeah yeah, yeah, like shit like that, like tattoos and all that. I get, but you know, in the barbershop stands, has got to stay open. Yeah, I mean, you got men out here looking like George Jefferson, you know, looking like uh, <laughs> Fred Sanford and all that. So, lucky my barber, he he cuts my hair out of his face. Oh, so, all right, all right. Yeah, so he's he's like one of the um, military veterans mm. that has um. OCD and all that, so uh, he's very clean. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, you know, he lets you take off your shoes when you enter his basement and all that shit. So he don't play that. Yeah. So uh, I, luckily, I, I have a guy like that to come in here because I'd be looking like Fred Sanford over here. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to work every day. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah. So I think I think um, the people who are benefiting the most is um, media, like you said, social media, and I also think streaming platforms are. And I wish I wish I had a streaming platform because <laughs> like a Netflix or something like that, because I'll be, you know, re- making a lot of money right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I actually am. No, no yeah, doubt. That's, so I think it's, it's those two things that, uh, those two platforms are, um, those two platforms are making a lot of money right now. Yeah. But now... On a on a more local grassroots side, the one thing that I I really like and I commend people for doing, I've noticed, um, especially I don't know about other other ethnicities, but I notice within the the black community, a few people have um, that have the skills um, of tailoring or being seamstresses. They they took action. And they're starting to make mm-hmm. uh, face masks because I've ordered um, a pair myself uh, with the African uh, fabric print for for myself and oh. a few family members. Um, so right. it's you know it's entrepreneurship with you know it's like necessity and opportunity. You you know because masks are short and 
I don't know about um, uh, some other areas, but around my way, I, I can't even go go to the bodega without a mask on. I can't even think about touching the door without having a, a mask mm. on right now. Right. You know, and, um, matter of fact, they even have uh, staff restrictions. Like, um, I think, what is it? No more than two or three people, customers in the store at a time. Think you know yeah. for for the small boat some places like that yeah it depends how big the establishment mm-hmm. is yeah so yeah so I, I commend that so it's um even though it's a sad situation to be in it's creating a lane for people to enter op- entrepreneurship should they have the facilities to do so like a sewing machine and and things like that and and it's and it's cool um so so it's you know even though it, time seem a little unsure it's also letting people see what they're capable of you know gotcha mm-hmm. all right so we're about to go to a, a second half of um our conversation um before we do uh, i want to send a special shout out to clicky vodka um Zodiac Cigars and FM is the app that we right now to record since we can't leave. And I uh, know I'm still going to record that, so thank God for Anchor FM. Um, all right, Mac, uh, would you rather date someone you trust or sexually attracted to? Ah, mm. uh, man, it's like uh, the devil in a red dress situation right there. <laughs> well, I, I've never dated no unattractive women, so it's, it's a bit of both. Mm. But I have dated, uh, been with some attractive women that turned out to be some damn venomous snakes at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, I'm, I'm 50-50 with that one, but I think for all of us, it's, it's that first initial physical attraction. That, yeah. that pulls us in uh, to begin with. Um, and trust comes, you know, in time from getting to know the person, you know. But then again, who knows? It, it, you know, to be real, it could be that situation like, yeah, I don't think I can trust her, but let me, let me just, let me just smash that once or twice and be out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's a tricky one, but it it takes a combination of both, though. Uh, real talk. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. Okay. Yeah, I think it takes a combination of both. I think you have to be, uh, I wouldn't say, well, I'm gonna say sexual. The woman has to be sexual attracted for me to actually give her, a, you know, mm-hmm. a holler. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the first. Those are the first couple of things you look at. Man, she's cute. She got a big ass, mm. you know, she got a big ass fit, yeah. or you know, she got just got a nice body. So the sexual thing is actually playing a part to it. But you know, once you know you start to getting to know this person, then you will actually decide whether you trust them or not. And if you trust her, that's a good thing. If not, like like you just said, you just smash a couple of times and you just get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of her. <laughs> like like those yeah, exactly. like a disposable glove, huh? But yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to glove. Like hey, we had a good time, but now it's time to go. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, um, and the trust angle can can go different ways because me, it's like I try not to be too observant and I can be my own mm-hmm. worst enemy dealing with a female sometimes because I was with someone years ago. I mean, beautiful female. And then it was like, for some odd reason, this one week, I kept noticing something. I was like, man, I don't know if I had to ask her. I was like, yo, babe, you got food allergies or something? Because she had like, she kept breaking out in like this rash, like blister or something in the corner of her mouth. And she was like, uh, 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 mm. like, what you mean? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and then so I brushed it off. I'm like, yeah, maybe food allergy, you know, like tomato, citrus fruits. Till one day I'm mm-hmm. in the back room and she left um, this ointment on the, uh, on the sink. And I, I used to work at a pharmaceutical company in college. So I'm looking at this stuff and I was like, ooh, this is an antiviral ointment. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm like, damn, I'm over here. I ain't gonna be kissing on cootie lips. I'm like, nah. Exactly. You know, and it was like, we was cool, but because of that, I think if she would have just been upfront and honest with me, could have worked through it. But because of that, I, I just slowly faded into the background, like I'm like Homer Simpson going into the bushes. <laughs> she would hit me up like, yo, how come you don't hit me up? We don't hang. I'm like, nah, you know, work, different situation. Go ahead, live your life, girl. I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. I get I get very oh, picky man. about stuff like that. Um, it, yeah, I don't I don't know why, shit. but yeah, yeah, you know, be like walking around like freaking princess toadstool lips and shit. Just nah, can't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. All right, All right next question. <laughs> uh, would you date your friend's ex? Good one. Um, you know, it looking <laughs> looking back, and I say this because I I've been cool with some guys that that screwed me over, big big time mm. on some stuff. I've, you know, you have those situations where you're a better friend to them than they ever been to you. Yeah, that that type of deal. You even even in situations where say you know could be out and they know you're trying trying to approach a female but somehow they find a way they get slick and cock block you but that's still your boy so you'd be like yeah that's my boy I'll let it slide but you you know little things like that the younger me would would say no now now Mm -hmm. that I'm more mature I look at things with different eyes now it's I would say depending on that degree of friendship that I have with that person if we're that tight where you know, you have those friends where if I have a slice of bread, you have a slice. If it's right. that type of bond, no, nah, it's not happening. That's you. They wouldn't even have to question you, you know. Right. But if it's one of them fly by night types where you know they shady to begin with, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and they and the ex is coming on to you, then it's like, yeah, you know, we, we can talk. <laughs> <It'll all laughs> we'll develop out of it because I right. learned lo- my loyalty as a friend um, go- goes far. Uh, I take I take that seriously. We we can friends. Mm. We can have arguments, disputes. Hell, I do that even with my own family. But but that right. love and respect is always there. 
right. you know, should that friend, you you know, kind kind of fall short on that, or they know you're you're that you're that one, you're you're the loyal friend, but they know they know good and well they don't have that same loyalty or respect in the friendship. And that's why I I see those type of people different, you you know, and it's not, yeah. and it wouldn't be a situation where if they broke up one week, I'm gonna go sniffing after. Nah, I'm I'm not like that. It it have to it definitely have to be a, a chance situation. Like if I if the ex and I came across each other, and it just organically happened, you know, let's keep in touch, blah blah blah, you know, but it, it's not on my radar to be that way. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Yeah. What What about you? Yeah. Well, yeah. With well, me, I, it, it all depends. Um, like you said, what type of friend the person is. Mm. Um, because I'm I'm actually big on loyalty too. Mm. So if it's like, let's say it wasn't one of my best friends, right? Mm. Um, doing I will not break the guy code, mm-hmm. but it was like, um, a person like that's a, an associate. You know that you really don't spend most a lot of time with, or you usually have like this. You know, y'all were started out cool, but you know the relationship is kind of going downhill. Mm. And maybe I think about it depends on how the female is, yeah, 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 how she looked or whatever. So yeah, it all depends on relationship. So it depends, yeah. you know, on on the the, the type of relationship. Either it's your best friend or whatever, or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. And I've been in a in a situation in the past where um, mm. dude I was cool with his his girl actually she she sought me out. Mm. You you know she came she came to me with it, and me me and old boy at the time we was cool then, so I, I didn't progress on it. And then hindsight, come to find out, he was trying to push up on my girl. You, you mm-hmm. know, so I was like, why damn? You know, but, you know. Let, you let, got pushed up with your girl? Yeah, yeah. Female that, that I was That's interested great. in. I was like, oh, so he, he already had one. And he was trying to go after the female I was speaking to at the same time. So, you know, however it came to be, they, him and his girl broke up. And she sought me out. You know, she would show up by my job and stuff. And I'm just thinking, oh, she's just cool because I, I knew knew her ex or whatever. But then she put it out there and and I didn't feel comfortable with it. And that's when she she dropped that other info on me about what he was doing. And that was part of the reason of their breakup. You know, so I don't know if she was coming at me out of, on some vengeful type tip or what. But yeah, situations like that, man, get can get get a little greasy. Yeah, so so a- after that, like say uh, aside from dealing dealing with a friend's ex or or the guy code, how about dealing with someone that that's a big flirt, which you which you even bother with a female like that. Uh, a big flirt. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't like. I don't like women flirting. Mm. I don't like my woman flirting. I don't like that. But um, 
not even if you know she she's loyal but it's just like she just has a naturally outgoing or friendly personality like it can come off as flirting to people on the outside that may not know her like you do but but she's faithful yeah. you know I don't, you know, that's kind of tricky because I think if a certain per, a person that, you know, that might have that personality or could be known that in the actual moment, yeah, she might be loyal to whoever she with, but at the same time, she she could be actually um, testing the waters. Mm. You know, so she, she actually could be looking at the end of the tunnel. So since I can't, this thing might not work out here, but mm. you know, once I get to the end of the tunnels, there might be some light at the end of the tunnel. So mm. there might be a chance. I mean, this guy got good chemistry, we joke a lot or whatever. Yeah. But it, it might be it might be a, a good chance for her to you, you might be the rebound. You know uh, I, mean? I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel. yeah. yeah for for yeah, me so it, it might be no type situations. Yeah. For me it's I think if the communication is there, if it's certain certain things going on, I'll let her know, yo, this got me feeling some type of way, a little uncomfortable, and she can respect that and monitor and monitor her behavior. It, it's not a thing. I, for me, it, it can be a little playful in the relationship. Right. And I say that because something that I was informed about myself with uh, a few of my exes that I, I never knew I'm such a habitual flirt. And they, they mm. say, I do it without knowing that I'm doing it. You know, they're like, yo, it's the, it's the way you talk. To, you know, it's the way you just engage with women, the way you talk, you get women to laugh. It's, it's all these little common things that I do anyway. But to the female eye, it's coming off as flirty. You, you know, mm. and, and I'm sure if, yeah. if one, one of the other ladies or if her niece or Annalise or Kat might have been might be on the line with us. They'll probably say. They'll probably say, "Yeah, he, he Max guilty." <laughs> but, yo, and e- and even at work, sometimes at work, I just had to learn to keep my mouth shut because I don't know when it's gonna happen. <laughs> Got you. Because uh, it was one. I think it was, it was at some event, one of the uh, the work holiday parties. Uh, somebody right. had. Uh, we were just talking. And she just came out and said it. She was like, yo, why, why are you giving me that look? I'm like, what look? You know, because I had to take my glasses off. I was like, damn, I wear glasses. I'm half blind. <laughs> and she's like, you giving, you giving me that sexy, flirty look. I'm like, damn, I'm getting hair out my eye right now. So I'm like, so, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a habitual flirt. I, any female I deal with, I let them know that up front. Um, but I'm harmless. I, I don't mean no harm with it. Uh, and a lot of times, I don't even go about trying to progress on it because I'm I'm an introvert, so I don't go pursue right. women directly like that, you know. And admit it, introvert, it, it, it fluctuates. But uh, yeah, yeah. But fe- females, it's I, I dealt with one female like that, and um, like I said, we we spoke on it, and she understood where I was coming from. But the thing with her. She she would be, she would still be herself, but when we were together, she would direct that energy towards me. She would be playful and flirty towards me. You, 
Mm. So, so that's, so I think that might be the flip side of it. Um, if the female is, is a big flirt, but she knows how to direct that energy to the, to her man that, um, should be the recipient of that. Because otherwise you, you may tell her, oh, I have a problem with you flirting. You go out somewhere and it's like, she just shuts down. You know, she's not fun right. anymore. You're not going through the movie theater, smacking ass or not, none of that, you know. <laughs> it, it just gets very vanilla and boring being being around each other out, out in public. So it's, and I think couples to keep keep it spicy, you know, just still, there's a little bit of flirting between each other. Just just know, know how to reel, reel it in and people outside of the relationship so they don't get the wrong idea. Right. So would so would you rather date a woman that is a, a a huge flirt, or would you rather that doesn't cheat but is a huge flirt, but or would you rather date a woman that that um hold on I forgot the question mm-hmm. yeah so would you rather date um someone who doesn't cheat but is a huge flirt or mm-hmm. isn't a flirt but they are extremely jealous. I'll. I'll... I will take curtain number one. (laughs) (laughs) Take five hundred. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. I will avoid double jeopardy and extremely jealous. I've I've dealt with females that that have a strong sense of jealousy. Um, It usually seems like there's some type of control issue going on. Um. The faithful woman that can be a huge flirt, I can deal with that. You know, that, mm. that wouldn't bother me at all. Because if our if our trust is established and she respects our boundaries and I know she's not going to step out on the relationship, hey, you know, because I know whether I'm with in her presence or not, the guy try to try to push up, she's gonna shoot it down. You know, I'll be yeah. I'll be comfortable enough in my skin with that. But to deal with someone that's not a flirt but they're extremely jealous one for me that wouldn't be a good combination because going back to earlier like I say I I'm a habitual flirt I don't know when I'm doing it until somebody brings it brings it to my attention so that set me up to get cut walking back to (laughs) walking back to the car (laughs) (laughs) I, I probably can't even go to the movies and order popcorn Without her trying to slap you or something, you know. Exactly. Why should pay extra money your popcorn for? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I, jealous type of woman. Man, I've been in situations just just going out to eat, and a waitress could compliment me on my locks. And next thing I, right. why she's why she's saying that about your locks for? Where you know her? <laughs> <laughs> that that's what you that's what you like. You like these Brazilian women now? Blah blah blah. And I'd be like. <laughs> I'd be like, do you, to that, yeah. you know, I'd be like, do you really want me to answer that question? <laughs> <laughs> be like, oh, that's why you want to learn Brazilian yeah. Portuguese, because because of these heifers right here. That's what you I'm like. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 she gave me extra butter for your biscuit, but she didn't even know extra butter for mine. I'm like, oh, well, you like bitches like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Why? Why she refilling? Like. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, he had enough water. That's enough water for him. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I've been in it's situations like, like yeah. that, man. I'd be like, damn, can can a brother just exist on the planet, please? Exactly. I'm surprised I'm getting the attention right now. Oh, oh, I don't know what it is, but being single for the time I've been, it's like getting no type of game or play whatsoever. But soon, you know, start walking around with somebody, it's like women just know, like a radar goes off, like, oh, we got to test him. <laughs> yeah, you get, yeah, you get, all, yeah. you get all the tips from the world. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's what I'm like, hell, we might, yeah. might need to start. Like, I never, like, I never understood that. Might need to start a website out. Single, single men called exactly. the side piece or something, you know. Because <laughs> because uh, I swear, when you try try to get somebody on your own, it's like nah. But it, it's it's like ah oh, man, this this line. But it's like soon as it it's, is rough. Yeah, as soon as you're with someone, for some odd reason, it's like hey, you know. Hell, even just putting a, a ring on, on your ring finger. You know, there's, some of them will pay attention to stuff like that. Oh, he's taken. He might be a challenge. Like They may take pride in being able to pull your attention away from the woman you're with. Like, yeah, it validates how, how attractive they are. You know, that, that's just my opinion. Yeah. yeah, so when, like, I can relate to that because when I was in, engaged with BM, Mm-hmm. Like mad woman was coming out to the, the Whitworth and was like, oh, yo, yo, yo. you know, it's not like especially feelings about me. I'm like, why didn't tell me this shit earlier? Yo, like, yo. <laughs> you know, bro. When when back in the days when when I was with with my ex, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and me and the guys would go out, and I, I would just, especially back when I used to go to strip clubs a lot. I'm I'm reformed now. <laughs> 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 but for some odd reason, it was like get, getting numbers was nothing. And I wouldn't even ask for them. And, and my mm. boys would be like, yo, you just be throwing away the pussy. I'll be like, but now that I, I guess now, um, I, you know, I'm more mature, I look at things with different eyes. Now it's like trying to approach a female, just being genuine. It's like, all right, you, you corny. You know, let's all this right. excuse me. Do you have a moment? Blah blah blah. I was like, damn, yeah. I thought sisters wanted to be respected. Guess I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta be out here talking uh, like DMX or something. Like, hey, yo, bitch. Yeah. Over here, give you my woman never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it it's a trip out there. It's a trip. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what's what's next on the agenda there? You heard me? Oh no, no, it just it just went mute for a moment. Oh well, come back. Mm-hmm. Uh do you think it's natural to commit to a sexual romantic partner for the rest of your life? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, I, I, that's a matter of choice, but it, it's it's not hard to commit. I, I've been there. I was with uh, 
I know it, sound, it sounds like I'm in therapy for it. <laughs> we like, damn, bro, you just had that one. But yeah, for for me, um, most of my past relationships, I haven't I haven't had a lot of um, mul- multiple women at one time. One one, I think it's too much of a headache. Uh, but. Yeah, being being with that one, I think the longest stretch of time for me, um, had an ex. We were together for just slightly over nine years, mm. and and in that whole time, I'll I'll say for me, I can't speak for her, but but for me, that you know it was all it was all about her. I had opportunities to go to go outside the the relationship and all. And and I did, yeah. you know, we uh, mm-hmm. we met in college, and and even back then in college, it was really like, sheesh, talk about land, milk, and honey going on. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, because even in college, my my focus, I was so caught up with class and working two jobs and being with her. Whenever I had downtime, I would rather spend it with her. You, you know, mm. so it it wasn't hard for me to stay faithful in that situation. Um, and even beyond her, the other other females that that I've I've dated, um, and I'll say this with dating, it, it's one thing to be casually dating. It's like you're getting to know each other, but when it comes to that point where you want to have that the quote unquote talk about being exclusive to one another. Like once we have that talk and the boundaries are laid, I I don't mind abiding by it. You know, if I've I've been in situations where she may be like, you know, I don't really want to be tied down right now, but I like the situation we have. And I appreciate that because at least it lets me know where I stand and it gives me the option to agree to it or not. Right. And usually when that comes about, I'll be like, nah, you know, if that's what you want, I'm here. But at any point in time, if one, if she or I were to feel otherwise, you know, if I didn't feel like continuing with it, I'm out, no hard feelings. Or for whatever reason, she feels like now she wants to be exclusive, you, you know, and we can approach that as a new conversation. But yeah, being, being um, committed to one woman, it, it's not as hard um, as it sounds but it can be as complicated as we allow it to be. Um, I've never been married. I've been engaged before. So I guess that dynamic might be a little different for someone that's married and they're dealing with the same, the same face and body. Well, rationally body, you don't, you don't know what weight fluctuations may go on, especially during this lockdown. (laughs) Um, Feelings may be different. But who knows what, how that couple will approach keeping things um, spicy. Um, from other people I know that have been married for several years, the the one thing that they they have said that that has helped them maintain that positive engagement in their relationship is that they even though they're married, they still find time to treat each other as if they're still dating. Right. You, you know, because it's like, it's okay once you get the person, 
getting them might be the easy part. Keeping them, that that may be the challenge. Um, yeah, that's the hardest part. Yeah, yeah, because you know, I I know for myself, I've been with women. You get them in, like one ex, she she was built like Jessica Rabbit. Damn. A year a year into no lie, a year into dating. All those damn trips to Olive Garden and the Cheesecake Factory a few months later. You, <laughs> she go from Jessica, <laughs> she went from Jessica Rabbit being built like Jessica Rabbit to Marge Simpson. <laughs> you, know, you know, and I was too much of, too much of that cheese factory, yeah. Yeah, it should be like, you know, still look at sexy, and I'll be like, damn, what the is this my fault? <laughs> exactly. You know, oh man, yeah. So, oh, with me, I think it, I, I think it is natural. Um, huh. yeah, I think it, it, it is natural to, um, to do that, but um, no, you, you just gotta be very careful, yeah. yeah. It's all, it's all about, you know, it's all about 50% uh, mental and 50% physical. So, you just gotta. The sex is a, is a very important thing to me when it comes to a relationship. Because mm. you know, if if I if if the sex is good, then I can see myself being, you know, uh, in, a, in a longer relationship with you. But if not, if you know what the hell you're doing, it, it kind of like it's much mm-hmm. of a turn off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even even though how much I want to focus on the communication, but it's like, yeah, we can focus on the communication, but the sex is not good. So it's mm. like. It's kind of a turn off. Yeah, yeah, I feel right. that, and I, and also the um, the society we're in, because right that mm-hmm. might be different. Say if we were having the same conversation, but we came up in like Nigeria or Ghana, where where having multiple wives isn't that far fetched as it is here in the states, you know. Might, so that mm. that might be be a little different, or even, or as far as dating, even some place like Colombia or Brazil, because I've I've known brothers that that have traveled there frequently, and they keep going back for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only be over there for you, a you know, because their their dating culture there uh, is, is different. The way they describe it is different than here in the U.S. Um. Where the women they they approach dating, it's not as if they compete with the men. They don't mind mm. like catering or taking care of the men that they have interest in, as long as they're right. being respectful. And in some instances, right. if a guy is dating more than one female, it, it's the the women may not see it um, necessarily as a negative, but it's like, oh, now I got to prove prove my worth to him if I really want him. Like right. That. You know, right. The downside, uh, brothers, they may get spoiled by it. You know, mm-hmm. so that's why I think a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, women here in the states, when they hear about us wanting to travel to Colombia, Brazil, or, or Panama, they have they have that stereotype in their mind, like, oh, they're going for those submissive women, blah blah blah. Lat, lat Afro Latinas are far. Far from being submissive, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> they they are not they are not submissive. Um, 
just, just like any any other melanated woman on the planet, they have very strong wills, they very strong backbones, and and they love just as hard as they will fight. So yeah, <laughs> so it's not about submissiveness. Yeah, yeah I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Mac, we got like two questions left. We got uh ten minutes, so oh, no let's try to answer this. Yeah. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, does cheating automatically mean that you don't love your partner? No. Let me say no, not necessarily, specifically for men. Because I think for, for guys, we, we, may, we may cheat more so out of um, uh, lust or detachment. Not so much that we that we don't love the 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 woman that we with, you, you know. Mm. And, and I know some brothers out there they just get that itch where they where they just need a little piece of strange for some reason, like they can't function otherwise, you you know. But and and most likely even for some women, it, it's probably not that they don't still have some degree of love for their partner. It's just that sexual aspect might have been lacking. And then the cheating may not even be sexual cheating. It could just be emotional cheating. You know, right. that that feeling of being cared and considered and respected that they don't get at home. You know, the hell, like that song um, back in the day by uh, Sherelle, you know, every everything I miss at home. It could be a lot, a lot of right. that going on. Right. Yeah. For me, I think I think cheating is. Um... Like you said, it's a, a emotional immature act mm-hmm. because whatever whatever your partner is lacking in a relationship, you should have this communication with that person to make things a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't think cheat. I think there's other ways to avoid cheating if you really love if you really say you love the person. I had women say that the reason why I cheated is because of this, this, and that, and otherwise the reason why I didn't tell you because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so I like I would have been like either way you would have hurt my feelings anyway. So it's like I would have been more better of you telling me the truth up front and having a conversation with me than than actually going out with to fuck somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's the way I feel, you know, when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um okay, uh last question. Yep. Um what's more important in a relationship, real love or financial stability? Hmm. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Right? That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, cause I mean, it, it depends. Um, I don't know. A lot of thing in life has some type of dependency, but mm-hmm. real love or financial stability. What's real love to to a said person? You you know. Uh, like, are you willing to? Are you are you yeah. willing to be broke for the person that you love? Hell, I, I've been broke without them. Shit. <laughs> 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 Probably while my, my struggling, my struggling. Oh, man. <laughs> exactly. No, I, like... I, I think um, the values in the relationship. You you know because. Mm. Love doesn't pay the rent, and money doesn't necessarily mean you'll keep the person. 
you, you know, mm -hmm. usually if that's all that they value you for. Um, but a good balance of each, I would say if it's, if it's a couple that they foresee a future with each other, um, work with each other's strengths and acknowledge each other's weakness. You know, where mm. one person may be a better financial planner than the other one. You, you know, and that, that partner might have certain skills that the other one lacks. Just, just try, try to balance it out, you know, if possible. Um, I know some of the common consensus for some women, they, they tend to seek the financial stability on the surface, but on the inside, they, they want that more of that emotional component. But it's more of like security and, and being a provider. You know, for right. me, I'm like, I, I don't mind getting up, going to work for myself. I don't need somebody to cook for me when I come home. You, you know, I can do that on my right. own. Right. So it, it, it definitely needs to be a good balance. Um, it, it's right. like, I, I can't fully subscribe to one side or the other personally. <clears throat> yeah, I, th I think it goes hand in hand. I, I think um, if I had to pick, I will pick. I will pick the financial stability is more important than actually the the real love because, you know, I think the 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 love for um, a couple can actually um, fit in any type of weight in a relationship, but as long as there's a roof over the head and you know bills getting paid and food on the table, mm -hmm. I think that comes out as um, on the category of love, you know, because you, just as a man, all you want to do is just take care of your family. You want to take care of your woman. You want to pay the bills and everything. So you want to make her feel comfortable like that. She don't have to worry for anything. So I think when it comes to you, dealing with the type of circumstances that she is going to find even more love for you when, when it comes to situations like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, true. I see your point. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mac, give me your social media and everything. The social media where they can find you. Yeah, yeah. This is Mac. Uh, you can check me on IG, um, which has been very stagnant lately. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's uh, at IG at Scorpio Sticker. And uh, man, I haven't even been on Facebook all month. Uh, that's that's yeah. Jamari Mac. No yeah, peace. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jeff, you can follow me at uh, Smacks in General too on Instagram, which is my personal Instagram. Uh, social conversation with a D at the end. Um, Facebook, social conversation with the S at the end. Um, follow us here on Anchor. Just add us to your favorites. You're also going to be a supporter to the podcast every month. You can make donations. Uh, you can leave a voicemail of whatever questions you want us to have on the show and everything. Uh, you can follow us on our YouTube channel uh, at Social Conversations. Please subscribe. Uh, shout out to my sponsors, uh, Click A Vodka, Zodak Cigars, Anchor FM. Uh, shout out to Denise for being on the show. Uh, shout out to Daddy, couldn't make it, but uh, hoping to have him on the next one. Uh, go to Teespring. Um, thank you for everyone who's buying the T-shirt on Teespring. We got a Season 1 logo. We have a Season 2 logo. And we also got more um, product in the works. Uh, PayPal.me.com if you want to make a uh, another donation to the show. If you don't want to go through the, the whole Anchor app. Um, we appreciate everybody for their love and support of the podcast. All our fans, all our fans here in the United States, 
Call fans, this is next thing, especially to Barbados. Thank you. We appreciate you. Um, and we see you on the next one. Huh? All right. Take care, people. Right, Peace, love, and hand sanitizer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.